another episode of After the Siren Podcast. I'm your host, Nisha Hapel, and I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Jarvis. That's my name. Don't wear it out. <laughs> How are you today, Jarvis? Not bad. I think it's weird that we're inside for the, what, third day in the row? In a row? More than third day. More it's th- Tuesday, it's Tuesday, and we went into lockdown on Thursday. I, listen, the days are already becoming the same. So yeah, you do lose count in lockdown, I'll give you that. It's all the same thing at this point, but uh, at least this week I was able to actually watch some football and see what the hell's going on. Um, we did. We kind of fell back easily into old habits, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, it was a bit weird how easily we fell back into it, but, you know, I'm all right with it. A week off, if it's only a week, and then I'll be happy. If not, then I'm going to be mad. <laughs> I feel like people... Are in the same boat some people are going oh this is great i can catch up on my uni work i can do all of this and do all of that but then after a week they're like okay i'm caught up on everything what now yeah Uh, yeah i know that you and i uh, have a trip booked up to sydney in about two weeks time so fingers and toes crossed that we can make it up there and i was really keen to just get up there get out of victoria and of course right at the time we're meant to go um yeah lockdown melbourne same old story so yes fun as 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 most of it is um, now due to all of that we obviously do not have uh very much to update you on in no. regards to our week other than that we've been locked down and doing uni assignments and as watching well footy. As, yes as watching football since you got to watch a lot of footy over the weekend yes do you have a top footy moment you'd like to share? i do you know for the first time in a while i feel like i didn't have to scramble to go watch through games to see uh who did well and who didn't do well and who did some great marks and who didn't do some great marks <laughs> um for my uh play what is it top, play, footy, top moment. footy moment i'm like play of the week the names of our segments um <laughs> It's going to be Mitch Robinson from the uh, Lions uh, GWS game. Now, he had a bloody game, didn't he? Game he got off. He had 30 disposals, 12 marks, and more importantly, he had four goals, one behind. Now, that is huge, especially that the, I think his third goal was from outside 50 in after the third quarter siren mm. sounded, So yeah. and, he, and he hit a bomb to yeah, get it that far got a leg on him doesn't he he had to um do the whole like kind of shift around so that way he could still kick the play on the yeah. on his run around uh, on his natural yeah. arc i think is what you're trying to say yes that was probably the correct terms there um so he was having a whole discussion before the whole thing because the umpire was almost trying to call him off that before he even had a, a, yeah, a glimpse out of it you got to stay on your line you can't run off yeah. your line otherwise it's play on, on and, and blah 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 that's it um, but yeah, you know, props to him. I mean, obviously, it, it, I feel like it might be one out of a million that he has type uh, some t- t- some of these gains. But if he's able to uh, even uh, continue some sort of form throughout the remainder of the season, um, he's going to be a deadly player to watch out for. Well, I definitely think you know you're going to get one thing from Mitch Robertson, and that is the the guts and the determination and the courage. He doesn't ever take a backward step in that regard. No. So I think you know if he's got some attributes that will hold him in good stead going forward. Maybe if he doesn't you know have the same fitness or the same I don't know agility as he did five ten years ago, he's always always going to bring that you know gusto with him when he steps out onto the field so that ex-carlton player you know a worthy <laughs> yeah i do keep track of my ex-carlton players and see where they're up to and i usually give myself a bit of a face palm and say why did mick moldhouse ever come to the club um anyway move straight on to my top footy moment i uh, don't need to hear me ramble on about ex-carlton players 
for, you know, the rest of the episode. But my top footy moment is one for the Richmond fans out there. Um, it goes to Jack Rewalt and he's Mark of the Year contender. Mm. And it wasn't dissimilar to that mark, that great mark that Nick Rewalt took, yes, the, the, looks... the infamous one, flying backwards into a pack and and taking the mark on his chest, the ball coming over his head. Now um, Jack put in a fantastic performance outside of that mark, kicking five goals two. Mm-hmm. Um, and also getting 20 disposals, which is his yes. highest disposal count in a very, 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 think, very long time. I, I think, think they did say. But it was like 2018 yeah. or something like that. A couple of years. He hasn't, he hasn't gotten up to the 20, 20 disposal mark for a little while, given that last year there was shorter game time, so he probably wasn't ever going to get up there. But um, Still two years. Two, yeah. three years. Not bad. 14 marks. Great game. Yeah, okay. I mean, what can you say? I mean, it's finally back to his kind of old form. Obviously, they didn't have uh, Lynch there to um, to steal too much of the spotlight from Rewald, but they did have, um, oh, who was the... Callum Coleman-Jones for yes. his first game booting four. Yeah, so, I mean... Just in that last quarter, fleek. Jack said, nope, you're not going to get more goals than me, not on your debut. So, Jack slotted, I think, three in the last quarter. So. Yeah. But Coleman-Jones, fantastic effort as well. Shall we get into our news stories? Shall we? All right, the first one we want to talk about is an AFLW news story regarding the trade period that has just opened up as of yesterday. The first story is Pies land powerhouse forward in massive first trade, and that is, of course, talking about Sabrina Frederick, and she's on her way to the Pies, and in return, Richmond will receive uh, Maddie Shevlin, who will head over to the Tigers at Punt Road. Yes. What, do you, what are your thoughts on this one? Um, interesting trade. I'm surprised that they traded off Frederick. Um because I think she has uh, potential to be one of the one of the better key forwards um, in the in the league. Mm. Um, obviously, I don't think she played tremendously well this past season. Mm. Um, she seemed to be a bit fumbly around the ball, uh, not too accurate from memory. Um, but you know, if she, if she goes over Collingwood and you know they, she's able to fill a role there and able to maybe pick up her game a little bit and see what she does there. Um, all power to her. Now, I don't actually know too much about um, Maddie Shevlin. Uh, That's all right, because I want to chime in and talk about Sabrina as well. Now, I think the thing that um, really sort of probably drew Collingwood to, to picking her up was the fact that they don't actually have a key tall forward. So going to, going to ask you know, that. They've definitely got a star-studded lineup with Brie Davey and Jamie Lambert and Chloe Malloy, but I think um, Chloe Malloy ended up being one of their highest goal scorers for the season, and she, she half the time she's running up during the midfield. So I think that was probably what drew them to Sabrina, yeah. and they obviously believe that they can be a, a nice club for her to grow and hopefully better her performances in. Now, Maddie Shevlin, um, she played, uh, I think she was the first year player, last year so she's nice and young um got some spring in her step she is a player playing off the halfback and has been known to take a pretty good intercept mark here or there so um she played yeah she's played two seasons she's played 13 two games between 2019 and 2021 for pies there you go so she's played two seasons and she will head to the tigers for her third um you know playing along some pretty quality defenders at Tigerland. So they've got um, Harry Cordner, who is obviously their uh, star, star defender down at Punt Road. So she's in, yeah. in good company. Yeah, um, I think, as you were saying before, I mean, I think they've already, Richmond's already got a few key forwards. So maybe she was kind of lost in the shuffle there, mm. um, Frederick, a little bit. She was kind of playing in the ruck for a little bit as well at she times was. because yeah. I think they just needed a second ruck for a little bit and she's played the tallest other person mm. in the in the league in the in their side um so i think if 
if Collingwood are a need for a key forward, bringing over Frederick is not a bad shout at all. Yeah, we've definitely seen her potential and she's a bit of a cult figure within the game, a recognisable figure that's always going to start, you know, bringing people to the game when they start to figure out who they're <laughs> actually watching. So all the best to Sabrina and, uh, and to Maddie Shevlin as well at their new clubs. We will, of course, be following the trade period as it uh, plays out. So yep. keep an eye on our Twitter and our stories on our social media. They would definitely be around, you know, just keeping you updated with what's happening. Um, now we'll get into our second story. It's nothing really special other than an update on the effects that COVID has actually had on the game. So round 11, we saw a few games get shuffled around. We almost saw yep. a few games not go ahead and then yep. they did a lot of, you know, tiptoeing around what Who's might actually ours? happen. Um, but we got there in the end, a great effort by the AFL and by Gil McLaughlin to sort out round 11 you and, think you'd and get that, everything done. You think they'd be used to it by now, just being like, Honestly, oh, we'll just yeah. do this and this and this and this. And this I always see it as like a choose your own adventure. It's like, if this happens, then you do this, then you do this, <laughs> then you do this. But if this happens, then you don't. You have to go yeah. down this path. Anyway, yeah. um, he did a great job. Games that weren't supposed to go ahead ended up going ahead and we got, got to see all nine clashes. This week is a little bit easier, by, uh, made easier by the bye rounds. So yeah, so the next three rounds will be the bye rounds. Correct. So giving we, all teams a bit of a break. Exactly. So we're going to see a few games get shifted around. The big one being the Dreamtime match will be moved to Optus Stadium. The clash, obviously, between Essendon and Richmond. Traditionally played at the MCG in front of a crowd of 90,000 plus and it will now be moved to Optus Stadium over in Perth. Where did it get played last year? It got played in Darwin, It got played it? in Darwin last year, so a couple of years in a row where the Dreamtime clashes away from the G. Sometimes it's good to step outside of tradition, but I think um, mainly by the fact that Essendon were already over in the West after playing yeah. West Coast there, so it is their home game, and the Tigers will have to travel over there. Yes. All right. The other game that has been confirmed a move. So West Coast will play Carlton at the SCG. That is, of course, Carlton's home game was originally meant to be played at the MCG. Now that's going to be up to Sydney as the Blues are already there from their clash with Sydney last week. There are a few other games that we'll need shifting around, i.e. the St Kilda versus Swans game. We imagine that might be played in Sydney or even in Cairns, um, but we're still waiting for confirmation at this stage. And then we don't know what's going on with round 12 or round 13. Well, Uh, Round 13 or round 14, sorry, that's what I meant to say. Um, Because that could all be shifted around. I think they're already beginning to shift some stuff around. And who knows maybe victoria might be out of some sort of lockdown before then hopefully cross our fingers yes and our toes (laughs) um the double so yeah i mean again nothing really too you know you know my thoughts on it yeah nothing too unnormal from this covid scare stuff but it is what it is. I was obviously scrolling through the fixture going, Carlton don't have another game at the MCG until round 17, blah, blah, blah. So I was pretty upset with that fact. But, um, you know, I think in the grand scheme of things, I'd rather see the game go ahead and, and games, you know, be played out and we actually get a season, um, you know, not dissimilar to a regular season where yeah. we're not playing a game every night. Although that was that was really fun last year. When yeah, was but all I think it also gave us some, something for people to do, I guess, as well. Because yeah, everyone was locked inside. Us in Victoria were locked inside. Anyway, we, we knew COVID was going to have an impact in a game. We could all feel it. We touched on it earlier in the season just about the potential effects it could have. And we're just seeing exactly that play out. 
Shall we get on to our third news story? Yeah, so the third news story is going to be a couple of injuries to a couple of key players um, for Port Adelaide and Collingwood. You hate uh, to see it. Firstly, we'll start off with Port Adelaide. Um, we'll, they will be out uh, Arazo Fantasia for the next month as he just went uh, minor knee surgery Monday morning. Um, so that was last na- last morning for us yes, i don't know yesterday why it's morning <laughs> we are um, recording this on a tuesday this week yeah so that... um so he went down um in the clash against who was it again oh, why don't I... uh freeman Fremantle, yes um and he's just recovering from a bit of uh, the left knee pain that he had um i can't remember exactly what from no specific a... incident yeah. just a just a bit of a tweak, Overuse, possibly. possibly. Um, also, Ryan Burton, who was also suspected to have a bit of an injury, um, is pulling up all right and is more than likely going to play for round 13 against Geelong. Um, so he'll probably miss round 12. Yeah, but... definitely a um, a loss with uh, Orazio Fantasia, who's obviously a recruit coming over to join power this season, and coming over from Essendon. Well. Definitely provided them with that reliable small forward that they... I don't know if they've necessarily been missing it. They do have small forwards, but um, he's definitely I added a, young a, a gun consistent small forward because you had you know Motlop. Yeah, but um, Fantasia's not young, isn't he? <laughs> nah, buddy. How old is he? Let me do a fact check, a live Google. If While you will. she does that, I'll get onto the Collingwood uh, injuries at this moment. Uh, so Grundy and Taylor Adams will miss two to three weeks um, due to uh, their. Uh, injuries you know respectively and my live google has come to a result uh fantasia is 25 so he's mid-aged okay he's yeah. not too old yeah but, but he's like young, young is like under 21 yes, uh, yes, he's yes, 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 very yes. well into like the prime of his career which is exactly what you need exactly um anyway taylor adams will uh join uh will be in rehab um with scans that he's suffered a fresh setback in his return from a knee surge uh new injury um, against Port Adelaide in round 10, mm-hmm. um, as well as this Grundy was taken to hospital after feeling uh, some neck pain through his arm following the marking contest. Did you see the Grundy incident? I don't think I did. I'm going I to look at Grundy, it right now as you talk. I saw the Grundy incident and it just looked awkward. So he was in kind of a marking contest where his neck got Ooh, pushed forward and yes. then got kind of flung back. So that's Stanley that There was that? a lot of, yeah, I think so. There was a lot of worry about um, his neck and he was sent straight off to hospital to get scans. Um, and yeah, as... as Jarvis just mentioned they will be without him for the next two to three weeks. Possibly more, who knows? Um, you know, they might tread with a bit of caution, neck um, and head injuries are nothing to be taken lightly. Definitely uh, not. And yeah, it looked like Stanley just kind of like went up for the for this uh, for the punch the, the of the punch ball away, yeah. and kind of just caught Grundy's head because he's just so tall and just kind of like <laughs> fling them backwards yeah so those, it's a bit of an awkward those tweak right, and another thing to mention with Brody Grundy he has actually had some neck issues in the past so if you weren't aware they will definitely tread with caution um with the Grundy neck injury so all the best to all those players hopefully we can see them back out on the park providing us with some exciting footy in the back end of the season we are going to get into our main topic which is our mid-season review so stick around for that I'm going to be going through a couple of the sides for a mid-season review. Obviously, last week you heard Jarvis go through the 
Dees, the dogs, the swans, and the hawks. hawks. Thank you. And we are going to just run through a few more uh, teams for a mid-season review. Yeah, so we'll start off uh, with an interesting one for me, uh, the Brisbane Lions. What are your thoughts on them throughout this first 11 weeks? Um, so, yeah, they're definitely a team that struggled towards the start of the season. They had some early losses to Sydney, was a big one in round one, and then a couple of close games where they lost to Geelong by a point and then beat Collingwood by a point. In controversy, some would say. Yes, very much so. Um, then they had a loss to the Dogs, and pretty much since then they have not lost a game. So they've been fit and fire and kicking some pretty high scores. Um, so I think that... You know, despite the slow start to the season, they've been able to redeem themselves a little bit. There are a few players I'd like to sort of single out, I guess, for them. First one being their their big recruit, who definitely kept uh, kept people coming to the game is in those early weeks where people were not so keen on them when they were a bit down on form, and that's Joe Danaher. He look, he's played a role. He hasn't been, you know, the biggest forward star of the competition, but he's also coming off of two years where he's hardly played a game. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do in the back end of this season. The other two I wanted to highlight was uh, Captain Dane Zorko. He's really, really come into yeah. some uh, a good patch of form in the last few weeks. And then the last one is Daniel Rich, who I I mentioned early on in the season that he, he looked past it to, to a friend. And then ever since then, he's been almost in all Australian forms. So I won't say anything else on Daniel Rich other than... Um, yeah, he, he's really aging like a fine wine and I take back my words. I'm sorry. Um, fine yeah. Wine. Next team. Yeah. Should, should um, be. now a team that's kind of been surprising over the past few weeks has been Essendon. Uh, what are your thoughts on their lineup? I know you're not a massive Essendon fan, but I do want to hear your thoughts about them. Well, you are correct in saying that I'm not a massive Essendon fan. Um, look, Essendon, I have, I have some thoughts on the way they've built their list. And whilst they've definitely, they've finally got some young talent, they could have found themselves in this position, you know, a few weeks ago, you know, sorry, a few weeks ago, a few years ago. They had ample opportunity to completely do a full rebuild of their list and bring in young talent, but instead they decided to patch up the holes. And that's why they haven't found themselves shooting to the top of the ladder. They've always sort of sat around the middle middle table, and I think that's where they'll continue to sit until this young talent that they've finally gone and drafted ages a little bit. Um, I think young talent is always fun and, and exciting early in the season, and they tend to drift away later in the season. Um, in terms of me reviewing the first half of their season, it's been up and down, you know. They've had some shocking games. They've had some really good performances. Last weekend, beating the Eagles in, over in the West is is not an easy task, so you got to give them credit for that. But then round one, they, they blew a 40-point lead to Hawthorne. So it's very up and down, inconsistent football. Um, you know, you've got to absolutely give props to their their young guns, uh, Nick Cox and Harrison Jones and um, Archie Perkins have definitely been sprightly and, and given some energy to, to some of those older players in the side. But um, yeah, I'd say neither here nor there. I don't think they'll make finals at this stage. I think, you know, when it comes down to it, they, they do crumble a little bit under the pressure and um, any team that gets beaten by Carlton, well, that pretty much says it all because Carlton can't be, beat a top eight side. 
Yes, that is seems to be true for your mob. Um, anyway, we'll go on to a team that has kind of lost a bit of form, but is not unusual to them. It's the reigning premiers, Richmond. Richmond, that's an interesting one. I haven't really thought too much about Richmond because they kind of seem to be following the same pattern that they do every season, which yeah. is... They start, start slow. slow. They start slow. Well, actually, they always start by beating Carlton, which they did again. Um, yeah, start slow, and then everyone seems to go, oh, what's happening to Richmond? And then, bam, they fill their holes, they get a few players back from injury, and then they, they steamroll all the way through the finals. So yeah. um, I'd say they're probably on track to do that again, particularly after watching their performance on the weekend. Yeah. They were really quite fantastic, seeing them bring in some young players, seeing them able to kind of mesh their young players with some of their older players and get that Richmond style of football, oh, that annoying sentence that Dimmer Hardwick repeats over and yeah. over and over again. We're starting to see that kind of shine through. And, and when they're at their best, they're super incredibly hard to stop. So you saw them round 10 have that loss to Brisbane. Um, obviously, that was <laughs> in Brisbane. And this uh, week, they have now beaten the Adelaide Crows. So, yeah. look, I think... As I said, it might be a same old, same old story for the Richmond Tigers and they might end up steamrolling home and, and going deep into the finals as they usually do. I have them fifth on my ladder, if anyone was wondering. So fifth. maybe that might be where they somewhat end Just up. Just out the top four. Mm. Interesting, interesting. <clears throat> Sorry, I've got a bit of a tickle in my throat. That's all right. Uh, now, I kind of want you to have a look at the Adelaide Crows, just mm-hmm. because they've, they have started very hot. Oh, they did. And they've seemed to have cooled down exponentially, some would say. That is an accurate way of describing it. Um, yeah, so Adelaide, you know, they started with that big win over Geelong, unexpected win, after coming off last season where they only won three games uh, towards the back end of the season. Look, no one really thought thought very much of them coming into the season, so any win early in the season was probably going to be unexpected. Um, they then lost to Sydney and beat the Suns, and it's been up and down pretty much since then. Beat North, lost to Frio. Lost to Hawks, which was a big loss. Yeah. And, um, yeah, haven't been able to really bring home a win other than their one-point win over Melbourne, which definitely can't go without a mention, knocking off the unbeaten Ds in round 10. Um, Look, I think they've got to give credit where credit's due. They've developed over the uh, off-season. They've definitely brought in a few players to play certain roles. You know, Tex Walker, we've done a whole episode on big key forwards and, and you'll hear all of our thoughts on him in that, but he's been fantastic and he's been a leader and that's what they really, really lacked last year. They didn't have Sloan out there for the whole season. They didn't have Tex really firing. So now that they've got those players back, they've got leadership, they've got good young talent. Look, there's some of the players on there I'm like, Will they make it, you know, a full AFL career? Not too sure. But then there's a few out there like Jimmy Rowe and Lockie Scholl and uh, Chase Jones even potentially who could, you know, have really long careers. So, again, the, the recipe for a really good footy team is having leadership and experience and, and talent and then also the young, sprightly, you know, invigorating players that come through the draft and, and you know, just add some energy to the older group and, Adelaide are really close to getting that. In fact, they've almost streamlined through that whole process in one single off-season. 
I personally don't think they will be making the eight. I think they've slipped a bit far back and they've shown their cracks. And I think teams are now realizing that they're, they're not that hard to beat. You know, sometimes over in Adelaide, they, they play a really good brand of football. But um, outside of that, they, they, they can struggle. So, um, yeah, I'm going to say not making the eight for me, um, but definitely provided us with more than we first thought that they would. Yeah. And that was my review on Adelaide. Did you want to do one more or did you want that to be it for the day? Hit me with another one, I think. I'm on a roll. Let's go with your mob then. You Obviously, you did my mob last time. So let's mm. have a look at your mob, Carlton. Uh, obviously, not the best start to the season. Thank you for pointing out the obvious. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you would have pointed it out. Anyway, so what is your takes on Carlton for this year so far now if you really want to know my take on Carlton it's going to take a whole brunch and a coffee so hit me up on dms your shout I'm not paying but if you really want to know my thoughts on Carlton I could talk forever is the point I'm trying to make um you know early in the season I I pointed out that I was happy-ish that the fact that our six losses had come from at least five of them being top eight sides um you know, Sydney's still technically a top eight side, but I really thought we had a chance to knock them off and we did not take full advantage of that. Um, we're still a side that sits middle table and that's pretty much bottom line. We can knock off teams in the in the bottom half of the table. We can't beat a top eight side. And um, we seem to be out coached a lot, which is, you know, putting a question mark over David Teague's head. You've definitely got young talent. That's un, un, undeniable. Sam Walsh is, you know, best player at the club by by a mile and a half. Yeah. Harry Mackay, Jacob Wiedering holding up the, the pillars at both ends. So, you know, we've, we're going to be holding good stead going forward, but um, we just need a few other players to come to the party. We have a few players that I still every season think, how is this bloke playing at AFL level? How is this bloke playing at AFL level? And, um, you know, you've got someone, for example, a Matthew Cottrell, who he's a genuine winger, but I don't think he's at AFL level, but we don't have any other genuine wingers on our side. So nope. he's getting a spot because he's just the best of, of what we've got. He's just got that tank, like you said. He does have a tank. I'll give him that. But um, do I think he is going to have a great, long, hefty future at AFL level? Maybe not. Um yeah, look, I think we've we've had our chances. We have knocked off a few sides. Fremantle probably being the most dominant performance that we had. Um, you know, coming into a bye, I think it's really good timing for us. We've obviously got one more match until that bye. And, um, yeah, hopefully Teague can reinvigorate the side because there's so much potential there and there's so much, you know, stuff that could be improved and could be almost easy fixes. Um you know, hopefully we get to see the one and only Charlie Kerno right in the back end of the season. I think reports have come out today that he might be available round 16, round 17. So for the last few games of the season, which, um, you know, could be all the difference if we're in the running for finals at that stage. So not to put too much pressure on young Charlie, but uh, please, please come back. I will give you my patella. <laughs> all right. I'll leave it there. Otherwise, I'll keep going forever and ever. Um yeah. And ever? middle table is my prediction. Well, there you go. Well, that's the uh, bit of a four five team list for niche to review. Obviously, you had my ones last week. So if you want to go back and listen to that, you can. Please do. Um, otherwise, I think we should just get into our tips and see where to go from there. I definitely think that's a good idea. So we've got, uh, obviously, the first of the three buy rounds. So this will be a quick 
tip section for you. The quickest tip section I think we've ever done. <laughs> we could honestly go into more depth if we wanted to, but... Uh. <laughs> oh, we'll see. We'll First see game, Friday, 4th of June. Thank we you. are into June. <laughs> we are in June now. That's crazy for me to think that. It's Melbourne versus Lions, and it's going to be in uh, TIO. Uh, I can't say the other name. Park. In, in Darwin. In Darwin. Who you got for this one? Now, I'm not sure if that will actually go ahead in Darwin or not. Hopefully it does. Um, but the fixture we're looking at is not fully updated. So we'll just no, put it's that not. out there as a disclaimer. Um, I'm going to go with Melbourne. Really? Really, really. I've just talked Brisbane up, but Melbourne are just that I feel like higher, I think. Their Melbourne's defence are insane, and I don't think I've watched enough of Brisbane to really make a good judgment on them. I want to go with Lions for the upset, so I'm going to go with Lions for the upset. Oh, differing on the first one. That's pretty rare for us, actually. It is rare, but they are two of the top sides at the moment. Yeah, first take third, um, and I just think Melbourne are... You know, cruising. I don't even think they've hit full stride yet. So, um, oh, hopes. I hope they have. Dangerous if they are. If they have any more, any more gas in the tank. All right. The next game we've got is the Saints and the Swans. Who have you got? Swans. I'm going to have to agree with you there. Again, we're not sure where this game will be played at this stage. It is meant to be technically a St Kilda home game. Doesn't look like they'll quite get that full advantage. But um, it'll either be somewhere in Sydney or it'll be in Cairns. Yeah. Up in Queensland, that is. Yeah, look, St Kilda, a struggling side. Sydney, a side that, you know, have had their ups and downs this season, but uh, they have that, more, more they have ups that young, downs. They have that, uh, that gun Heaney that you love so much, I've heard. Oh, God, if I have to hear his name. Okay, disclaimer. <laughs> I do really like Isaac Heaney. I think he's a fantastic player, but... Just overrated. I just, he just... He marked the ball 14 too many times on the weekend and pretty much caused a Carlton loss, so... Oh... Anyway, let's get off that. It's on to Adelaide, Collingwood. Um, more than likely, this will stay at Adelaide in South Australia, I'm assuming. Uh, who you got for this one? Um, I'm going to give this one to Adelaide. 15th, 16th. They're two teams that you wouldn't think would be that close on the table. Um, <coughs> Adelaide have definitely shown more positives. Collingwood have been a bit of a bit of a letdown side for, for most of the season. Um, no Grundy this time. So no that's a big, Grundy, No Adams yeah. as well. So that's going to be two major hits to Collingwood. So I'm going with Adelaide as well. Yeah, I think Adelaide's uh, forward line actually have, have got some strengths. And um, we know that Darcy Moore really struggled last week being kind of the sole uh, tall defender that yeah. really, you know, is at the level for Collingwood. They're obviously missing Jeremy Howe still. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a big job to cover... Uh, Tex Walker and Riley Thorpe and, and anyone else that the Crows bring in. But Yep. All right. Uh, dream time. Bombers Essendon over at Optus Stadium. I mean, Bombers Essendon. Bombers Tigers. Either one. <laughs> I'm going with Richmond. I don't think... I mean, to be fair, Essendon, there's a possibility, but I feel like Richmond will take it home, edge it, edge it home. I think it's... Eighth first ninth here actually. It is, yeah. Bomber sitting ninth and Tiger sitting eighth at the moment. Ooh. I'm also gonna go with Richmond. I think um you know, I think it'll be a really actually close game because I feel like they almost play a similar style of football. They both like to run the ball, not yep. so much a kick and mark side. Um, you know, I think that it's just a chance for both teams to really showcase who can play that style of footy better almost. It's gonna be a battle of who can who can kinda do that same game. The best. Um, so I'm going to go with the Tigers as well. Yep. Uh, next one is going to be the Sunday game. It's going to be Carlton West Coast. 
don't know where this is going to be at the moment it's either. It's going to be at the SCG. It's going to be the SCG. <laughs> I like because Carlton are already up there from their Sydney game. Yes. So that makes sense. Um, who do you have for this one? I have got the Eagles. Eagles. Ooh. <sighs> do I have faith in Carlton? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll go Eagles as well to play it safe. I honestly think I would go Carlton for my individual tips, but I don't want to go Carlton knowing that Jarvis will probably go Eagles and, and get um, ahead, or, or not ahead, but catch up a little bit on our tipping. He's did you did you do the round? I did, you I did? did do them, and yeah, uh, I'm I, still two ahead because we've got the same amount this so week. So. Um, last game of the round is uh, the Freo Dockers at Optus Stadium taking on your dogs. Who have you got? Dogs. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with that. So um, coming off a loss, I think the dogs will uh, uh, be fit and firing. But against Melbourne, you know, like, what can you say? Like, Melbourne are just an elite side at the moment. Their yeah, but if you come against them in the grand final, you're going to be like, oh, but it was against Melbourne. No, you're going to be like, oh, damn it, my team lost. The other the other uh, caveat to that is that we don't have our best 22. So <laughs> there's that. You're never going to have your best 22, mate. Never. There'll always be one missing. Watch round 20 when we face them again at the MCG. I'm going to that game. It'll be the best 22 versus the best 22. And and then the rubber match will be at the grand final. I'm telling you right now, that is my prediction for the season. Oh well, you've gotten my uh, a few season, uh, mid-season reviews from me and a full season review from Jarvis. There you go. Making his predictions um, and well then, known. And then obviously the round twelve buys for this week will be uh, the Gold Coast Suns, uh, North Melbourne, Port Adelaide, Hawthorne, Geelong, and uh, Greater Western Sydney Giants. Awesome. All right. We are going to wrap it up there. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of After the Siren, episode 18, believe it or not. Um, if you would like to follow us on our social medias, you can find us on Instagram at After the Siren Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at After the Siren underscore. Remember, we will be updating you with the AFRW trade news, so please make sure you follow along. We will be keeping everyone as up to date as we possibly can. Um, thank you and good night. See you after <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Thanks guys. See you.